I believe that your healing was done, Brother Brandon said, before the foundation of the world. You know, we look, we look at that sometimes. We look at our human feelings, our human emotions. Sometimes it clouds the, the revelation of what's actually ours. You know, I was thinking, and I was thinking this past weekend too, how growing up, you know, you, you, I grew up with the tapes in the home. You know, Wednesday night we'd listen to tape service. My dad had, you know, the big reel-to-reel. We, you know, I've heard the prophet all my life. And then you get situations in your life and you, we've all thought if Brother Brandon was here. You have. We all have. If Brother Brandon was here, you'd go to my house. He'd, he'd pray over me, discern my thoughts, and tell me to go my way. I'm healed. You know, and there, a lot of people left this message when that human form left. When he left, they couldn't see the healing anymore. They couldn't see the deliverance anymore. But this morning, if I can convey one thought to you, the same God that stood there beside him when he discerned the thoughts, some of the people he would just lay their hands on, never say a word, they'd walk off healed. He's here today. He hasn't changed, he hasn't left, he hasn't diminished. You know, that's just the way our thinking is. You know, they, we have to have a revelation of who we are. You know, so this morning, if, if we could keep that thought of who, who, who we really are and who God is to us. Let's pray this morning before we go to the Word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I have so many emotions going through my mind. My heart, Lord, I'm nervous. Lord, in my human brain, keeps throwing up doubt and worry, fear. But Lord, may I channel that part in my heart, in my soul, that your prophet said there was the throne of God. Lord, and if we could put aside ourselves this morning, Lay our human feelings aside and look to a promise. You said, I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Lord, we're in a spot to, this morning that is one of the greatest positions to be in. It is to feed your bride. Lord, as a human, I don't want this spot. Lord, I've got nothing to say that would be a benefit with my own words. <laughs> but Lord, you promised that if we let you have your way, if we set ourselves aside, we would see your glory. There's many needs, Lord. There's so many needs. All of hell has opened up on this bride. 
Lord, we see our sister Erica in a position this morning where she needs your touch. Lord, I was sitting in the back and I was thinking of those four friends that took their buddy to see you, Lord. He didn't have the power to get himself there. He didn't have the power to climb up on the top of the house. He didn't have the power to tear the roof off. But they did. Lord, let us be those friends this morning. Lord, if we have to tear the roof off of heaven for our sister this morning, Lord, set her at your feet. Lord, you put that power in us. I pray that you anoint our hearts this morning to receive, Lord. May they look past who I am. I am one of their own, Lord. I'm just a friend, a relative. Lord, if they would pull on heaven this morning, they could hear from you, Lord, if I can get out of the way. Speak to your children this morning, Lord. We love you. We invite you. Lord, we feel your wonderful presence here this morning. We're so grateful, Lord, that you would honor us with your wonderful presence. Lord, thank you for the songs that are sung, the worship. Lord, we thank you for deliverance for the requests that have been made this morning, Lord. We pray that you would have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you'll turn to Romans chapter 8. We'll start it. We'll read a couple scriptures after this. You can sit after we read this. 8, 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if, the, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be also glorified together. May the Lord bless his word. You can be seated. I'd like to speak this morning on what belongs to God belongs to you. I think so many times we, we get to the place where we don't understand what really belongs to us, what we really have. And if you're a joint heir with Christ, if you're an heir of God, you know, you, you, we hear how a will is read when somebody passes. The will is read and, and, you know, and sometimes it's a long lost uncle and you get everything. Or, or you get nothing. But we look at when the will was read, the will that God wrote concerning you. The deal is with, with him, he died. The will was ready. And when he died, he gave you everything. Everything. Anything you have need of. He gave it to you. But then he rose again so he could share it with you. He gave you everything. And then rose so you can have it together. That's the perfect kind of will. That's the, you know... We would all love, say, if our, our granddad or grandmother passed away, left us something in a will that, 
you would, you would want the, what they give you, you would want to share that with them, but you can't. But God says, I'll share it with everything that I have, I've given to you. In John 1, 12, it says, But as many received him, to them gave you power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Gave them power to become sons of God. There has to be an adoption. The old man has to die. And then you become a son of God. Even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Brother Bram said, God, who's rich in mercy. Now we are a part of God. You always was. You don't remember it because you're only an attribute of God. You were only in his thinking, your very name. If it were on the book of life, it was put there before the foundation of, of the world. He knew you were there. I'm only saying this not to mix up doctrine, but to straighten it out. That we might get away from this fear and this scare. You don't know who you are. You're not going to be. You are now. You now are the sons of God. You always were the sons of God. You know, we can identify our, ourselves with our family, our people we work with, our loved ones on our jobs. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's human nature. But God wants us to see past this humanity. God wants us to see past the, the troubles in our lives, the things that we're going through, the battles that we face, the sickness in our life, the, our loved ones, the things they're going through. God wants us to look past that with you. Like I, I was at Brother Homer's last week, last weekend and I was talking to so many times we look at the issues in our lives with our human eyes. And it, when we look at it with our human, human eyes, our human minds, we, 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 ha, we tend to just blow it up and it's so big and it's so bad. And he tells us, look at it through God's eyes. Look at your problem through God's eyes. Because God says, I have given you, through my will, I have given you everything you need for that problem. Everything that you need to get over this issue that's in your life. Everything you need for healing of cancer, for healing of TB, whatever it is in your life. He says, I've already given you that. You just need to look at it through my eyes. It's so hard to do with human nature. Especially when it's our problem. When we're the ones, it's our doctor's report. When it's our symptoms, when it's our child. As I've said before, it's so hard to have faith when you're the one grieving. You're the one grieving. You need me to have faith for you. I need you to have faith for me. Brother Donnie and Sister Carol and the family, they need us to have faith for them. You know, it's like I, t I told Brother Jimmy a while ago, sometimes a bad report makes a, a good report even better. It makes a good report greater. We don't look at the symptoms. We don't look at the circumstances. We don't look at what is right before human eyes. Because when you were wrote in the wheel, he said, healing belongs to you. He didn't throw a formula in there. He didn't throw some way to work it up and say, you have to do this. I want you to pray three times a day. I want you to read your Bible four times a day. I want you to make sure you, 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 you pay 15.5% tithes. There's no formula for healing. It's the children's bread. It belongs to you. When he wrote in the will, deliverance for the besetting sin in your life. There's no special formula. There's nothing that says you got to work it up. It's free. 
Sometimes, you know, when Brother Manum made the statement, you know, when, when, when the bride recognized her position, that the rapture would go. And so many times we use that as a cliche. When the bride sees who she is, she'll leave. We hear that often and often, but do we ever really recognize the reality of it? That that actually has to happen before we leave. That has to actually happen before you can receive everything God has for you. You have to recognize who you are. You have to recognize your position in God. You were in God's mind before the foundation of the world. You always was. You always will be. God sees the perfect you. But Satan makes sure he clouds that view from you. He don't want you to feel like an heir. He don't want to feel you to feel like a son or daughter of God. He wants you to question so much, God, why is this happening in my life? I thought I was your son. I thought I was your daughter. Why is this happening to me? And so many times God says, because that's my perfect will. That's the part we don't, want, we don't understand. If this is God's perfect will for me, He said I can have healing. He said I can have deliverance. He said I can have joy. He said I can have peace. He said I can have healing. Why am I going through this? Sometimes you have to get through that to get that. Sometimes you have to go through valleys. Sometimes you have to go over mountains. It's not all straight interstates all the way through. Because like I said last, last time I preached here, sometimes that's the only time that God has fellowship with us is when we go through something. That's the only time we talk to Him. That's the only time we pray to Him is whenever things are so hard in our life. We don't know how we're going to make it from one day to the next. And then we decide to cry out from God after we tried everything else. When are we going to get to the spot when we try Him first? When we try God first, as soon as it comes upon I'm not saying nothing wrong with doctors. We have to have them. We have to have them. Brother Branham said you had to. But we wait till it's so dark. We don't know where it's way to turn. We don't know what we're going to do from one day to the next before we ever call out to God. Do we ever get to the spot when we're on top of the mountain and everything is peace and love and joy and we sit down and just have fellowship with God? Where are those days gone? Where have they gone? Your bank account is as big as it's ever been. I know it's quiet. Listen, I had an hour and a half for it. No, I was coming here, so it is what it is. It's so often human nature where we get our best life is when we leave God out of it. You're living your best life. And the one who gave it to you, you haven't included him. You haven't included him. You want all the healing. You want everything he has to offer. When he gives it to you, you haven't included him. I promise you, you can leave here today healed. Because he promised it. You can leave here richer today, naturally richer, financially richer. You can leave richer here today. But if you did, would you include him in it? 
You can leave here happier than you've ever been in your life. Walk out the doors and something just overcome you. And I can't believe I'm just happy. Everything's going good. Would you include him? Would you give him the praise for it? Would you give him the glory? I, I ain't even turned page and I, I don't know why I'm going this way. God wants to be part of your life more than you want Him part of your life. God wants to give you joy, peace, money, healing, happiness, overcoming power, deliverance, salvation. The list goes on and on and on. He wants to give all of that to you more than you want it. Your human mind cannot want it enough. Your human heart can't want it enough. We have to find our position. Future home. If you are the bride and the bride is part of the husband, if the only place you'll let... The only place you'll recognize it is recognize what part of that husband. Brother Bram says in parentheses, that word. The husband is the word. What part of that word that you are? Are you fulfilling the part of the word that you are? Is your life fulfilling the word? Are you living the part of the word that is you? There's, the word says you can have healing. So many times we, we, we want to work the word to fit us. We, we want it to fit us instead of us fitting the word. We want our life to, we want the word to adjust to our life. And God says you need to conform to the word because that's who the husband is. You know, we, we, we got people nowadays that, 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 you know, they try to fit the word to fit them. And they, they talk about these, you know, well, Brother Branham said this about, about this, you know, and, and, but he didn't say anything about this. This is the gray area. When he talked about makeup and stuff, but he didn't say what color and stuff. It, this is gray area and fingernail polish and this, but he, he talked about red fingernail polish. Talked about these kind of clothes, but he didn't talk. That's a gray area. A gray area. The word says the bride will be in pure white. There will be no gray areas. She will not put on anything gray. Why, why would we want to try to get so close? People want to fit in. They want to fit in. They want to be part of the message, but they want to fit in at work. They want to fit in at school. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. If, if he didn't say anything about it, it's a gray area. You might ought to stay away from it. Dress yourself in what you know is pure white, and that is the Word. And with that becomes everything that you own. Everything you possess is pure white. You're not going to find healing in a gray area. You're not going to find deliverance in a gray area. You have to put on the word. And the word, the Bible says she will be without spot or wrinkle. 
Because she possesses Him. Everything that He is, she possesses. It's not enough just to agree that, hey, I'm a member of the bride. I go to Word of Life. It doesn't, God doesn't mean it matters what church you go to, what congregation you belong to. Knowing you and knowing God and God knowing you is wonderful. But if you end up, if God allows you to go through a hard trial and a hard test, if you don't know who you are, you say, I know God, but do you know who you are? We begin to recognize what he has for us. Satan's not going to tell you. Satan's not going to tell you that this word is wrong. This message is wrong. We've already, you've already been that. You're predestinated. You have the Holy Ghost. Listen, just because you have the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that you're not going to battle things. It doesn't mean you're not going to. That probably means you are. That means you're going to go through things in your life. If you have the Holy Ghost, you're the one that's got, uh, going to have a lot of trials. You're the one that's going to have a lot of tests. You, why? Because God loves you. That seems like a paradox, don't it? God thinks so highly of us, He's going to put us through a trial. He loves you so much, He's going to give you some hard times. Why? Because He knows what's in you. He knows what you possess. He will not put more in you than you can bear. Sometimes it looks dark, it looks bleak. And you say, I didn't ask for this. There ain't a single one in here raised your hand and said, Lord, give me a trial. I want, to, I want to test this thing that you've given me. I want to test this Holy Ghost to make sure it's the real thing. Nobody's here raised their hand and said, give me a trial. Give me a test. It's God's sovereign grace. He needs, sometimes He needs you to come up higher. Sometimes He needs you to get out of that rut that you're in. But remember this. If he gives you a trial, he already knew ahead of time that you would go through it. You might not go through it the first time. You might not go through it the first 20 times. But if God gives you a trial, you're going to get through it. That's a promise. He'll never put more than you can bear. Your trial, I can't handle your trial. God looked at your shoulders, looked at mine, said, hey, yours are wider than mine. Now I can try to get you on a roof. And I can help you tear a roof off. And I can help drop you down. Sometimes that are, that's our position. That's what God wants us for. To have the power for somebody else. Because you possess that power. My wife gave me a quote a while ago. Her and it came upon her text. Brother Branham said, your own power of faith has pulled from the supernatural God the desire of your heart. Your own power of faith has pulled the desire of your heart from God. The desire of your heart. Do you desire to be healed? Do you desire to be... To have joy, peace, deliverance. We all do. Brother Brandon said, your own faith pulls that out of God. Are we using it? 
Satan's job is to keep you from recognizing who, not only who you are, but who you belong to. In thy house, sometimes we, we, we don't look at the, realize the power that we have. We don't realize it. You have the same power laying in here in you that God had when he said, let there be light. Same power. It hasn't changed. But Branham said in thy house, you're talking about Jupiter and Mars and these stars that you see now. Think about a hundred light travels. He said about 186,000 miles per second. Take 120 million years. By one second, 186,000. It will break down to 120 million years. That's what you get. That's miles. It just makes you feel like you're, you're just... But now, then beyond that, there's many, just as many moon and stars. And he holds them in the power of his own word. That's the very same thing that holds them in you as a Christian. See, there you are. In Leviticus 20, 24, he said, But I said unto you, you shall inherit their land. I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which hath separated you from other people. God says, you're different. You're different than everybody else. You are my people. You shall therefore put difference between clean beasts and unclean, between unclean fowls and clean. You shall not make your souls abominable by beast or by fowl, by any living manner that creepeth on the ground, which I have separated from you is unclean. And you should be holy unto me, for I the Lord am holy, and severed you from other people, and you should be mine. God said, I've severed you from other people. I've divided you. I've separated you. Other people see who you are. When God separates you from other people, it leaves a mark. People recognize you. You, you, look, you look, at, look at Rahab in the Bible. When them spies come in there, what does she tell them? We know who you are. We know who your God is. We know the things that he's done. You, you, a lot of you have probably had experiences at work or somewhere else, or even sisters could come up to you and say, there's something different about you. Where do you go to church? Sometimes people ask where you go to church just by what you look like. Sometimes they'll ask you where you go to church because the way you treat others. There's something special about you. But God has separated you. Why? Because you are his own. But the children of Israel failed to get a revelation of that. You know, the land that, that, that God told them, he said to push it up, push it out. All the, all, everything that's in your land, push it out. All the people, kill them all. Kill doubt, kill worry. Everything in your land that hinders you from getting the promise, God said to kill it. If you've got fear in your life, you need to kill it. If you've got worry, if you've got doubt in your life, you need to, you need to kill it. Amen. Don't let it stay in there. That's what happened got the children of Israel. What got them later is they said, well, we'll let, give you this little corner over here. We'll let you sit over here. You can work for us sometimes. And then what God said, do. God said, kill it. Yeah. Get it out in our lives. So we get things in our life and we push them in a corner and with a little pill bottle. And we accept it. We accept the doctor says, well, you're going to probably have this all your life. Well, okay, is there something I can take for it? That ain't God's promise to you. 
God promised that you could be delivered of everything you have need of. We rely on ourselves. We rely on our own abilities. We, we rely on doctors more than we do God. If you've been to doctors around here enough, you know, some of the doctors around will tell you, I can't heal you, but God can. They will tell you. When I had back surgery, I, before he put me under, Dr. Duncan told me, he said, I cannot heal you, but God can heal you. They put me under, and when they put me under, they all got around me and prayed. Those staff. Because he realized he wasn't a healer. And I got healed that way. I got healed that way. But I refuse. God, God, that's the way God chose for me to push him out of my land. But don't let anybody, any doctor, any person, anybody ever tell you, you have to live with this now. You don't have to live with anything that's not of God. You can have deliverance from anything that's not of, that's not of God. In Exodus 23.30, By little and little I drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. God says, I will drive them out. Why are we not getting things driven out of our life? Because we're not allowing God to do it. He said, the battle's not yours, it's mine, saith the Lord. He tells them, drive them out, but he says, I will drive them out. All you got to do is ask. God, I don't want this in my life. You put the power in me. You put the faith in me. Brother Bram said, your faith will only go so far, but then God's faith takes over. Why? Because it's him anyway. It ain't you. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea even unto the Sea of the Philistines, from the desert unto the river, and I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. First he says, I will drive them out. Then he says, you will drive them out. Why? He is you. He is you. You are him. You are one. I sure hope there was a marriage that took place. I sure hope we, when we sing the song, he became me that I might become him by grace. You have to, there ha, that has to be a revelation. If not, it's just words put together with music. There has to be a revelation that he becomes you. You're joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs. You're together. Everything that he possesses, you possess. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make, uh, they make thee sin against me. And that's what they did. And if thou serve their gods, surely will be a snare unto thee. You know, when you recognize who you are, promises become different. They become different. When you have a full revelation of who you are in the word, Promises that God made you just have a different look about them. They have a different meaning. Faith, when real faith drops in here. Have you ever had God just reveal something to you that you prayed for and prayed for, and then God settled it in your heart? God settles that in your heart, and you have something in your heart that just grounds you in faith, and you won't budge. That's when you realize who you are. That's when you realize that it's really not you anyway. 
That's God's faith taking over. That's God's faith that anchors it. Jehovah Jireh. You don't know what you own until you go looking through the Bible to find out the promises. They'll keep you from them if they can, but they're yours. Every promise is to Abraham and his seed after him. Every divine promise in the word belongs to Abraham and his seed, and you're an heir to it. I like to look through to see what I got. You got it all. I like to see what I got. I like to see what belongs to me too. And so many times you might have to remind the devil. You might have to remind the devil what belongs to you. Because sometimes he's got his dirty, filthy hands all over it. You might have to grab it back and tell him that belongs to me. That don't belong to you. That joy belongs to me. That peace belongs to me. That wayward son or daughter belongs to me. A well body belongs to me. I like to look it over. I like to look through the Bible and see what belongs to me. Every seed of Abraham ought to do that. When you become born again, filled with the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit unto you, you're an heir to every one of them promises. You know, I, I was, when you read that, reading that, that quote, you know, everything that, and I had wrote down here, children's bread, healing was the children's bread. And every time I, I hear that phrase, the children's bread, I think of the Seraphonician woman, which we spoke on her last time we was here. It wasn't to her. Jesus told her, that's not for you. She refused to accept that. She refused to accept healing didn't belong to her. Jesus told her, no, it's not yours. I'm not giving it to you. That belongs to the, that's the children's bread. Like I said last time, if God tells you no, ask him again. Ask him. God might be trying your faith. What did, what did, what did he say here? No faith, greater faith have I seen in Israel than this woman. Even the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I'll take a piece of that. You don't want to give me the bread, Lord. Give me a crumb. Just give me a crumb. Lord, just give me one little touch. I'm not asking you to pour out every blessing of heaven on me. Just give me a little touch. Just breathe on me a little bit. You have the right to healing. You have the right to joy. If you can't overcome the small things in your life, the little battles in your life, if you can't overcome them because you're trying to do it yourself, you'll never possess them. You'll never possess what belongs to you if you can't overcome your trials, your tests, your besetting sins, things in your life. You know, a lot of times when people would come up to get pray, prayed for, they would have things in their life and Brother Brandon would, would, would tell them, you, you need to repent of this. Someone, we wonder what, sometimes, well, we're not getting what belongs to us. Check your life. Check your life to see if there's anything between you and God. If there's anything between you and another brother, another sister. If there's a hindrance there. That might be why you can't overcome. That might be why you're not getting delivered. Because there's something between you and somebody else. There's something in your life that's hindering you. And you know your life better than anybody. 
In Joshua 23.8. But cleave unto the Lord your God as you have done unto this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, no man shall be able to stand before you unto this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, it is he, he it is that fighteth for you as he hath promised. Take good heed there unto yourselves that you love the Lord your God. If you love him, you'll fellowship with him. That's true love. You say you love your wife, you love your husband. Are you, are you fellowshipping? Or is there something in between you? <clears throat> I'm going to skip down here. I'm kind of going slow here. I apologize. Possessing all things. He said, oh my, I like that. Believer's promise. What's that got to do with it to every believer? The believer's promise is eternal life. The believer's promise is life, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, fruits of the Spirit, divine healing, a dozen things that got wrote down here nearly. That is your possession. It belongs to you. If you cannot have it, but you cannot have it until you fight for it. You've got to be willing to fight for it. You've got to be willing to lay aside everything that keeps you between you and God. Say, God, this is what you've got to want it more than anything. You've got to have a desire. And sometimes that's what keeps you from getting it is because we don't want it bad enough. If we wanted something so bad, we would let God deal, deal with it instead of us doing it ourselves. Because so many times we try to do it ourselves and we make a bigger mess than it already is. When God says, you have, when, when the prophet says you have to fight for it, he didn't mean your human nature. Get on your knees and fight for it. Believe for it. Possess it. It's yours. Claim it. That's what he told the, the, the children of Israel. Everywhere your feet go, wherever your feet step, is, is possession. It belongs to you. You can't step on in anything if you're not moving. You can't possess anything if you're standing in one spot. You've got to start moving your boundaries out. You know, I might have told this before, here before years ago, but Brother Danny Williams, most of y'all remember Brother Danny Williams. He came to our church in Kentucky one time and he was preaching about boundaries, setting boundaries, and he would use the microphone stands. I might have told this before. He would take these, and during his sermon, he started with both microphone stands right here beside the pulpit. And by the time he got done, they were on the sides of the church. He was talking about how claiming the children of Israel, God says, wherever your foot steps go, wherever you walk, wherever you trod, that belongs to you. And he started making examples how, you know, you've got, you've got joy in, on the other side of that boundary and you haven't possessed it yet. And you have to fight for it. You've got to pick up that boundary and you've got to move it. You've got to set that boundary on the other side of joy. You've got to set it on the other side of happiness, of peace. You don't possess it unless you've got a boundary marker on the other side of it. It's not yours until you get your feet and you move and you walk to it. Healing is not yours until you place a boundary on the other side of it. And that boundary mark is it's a cornerstone of your property. This is mine. Whenever they would put boundary markers, they would put these tall stone pillars... And that signified that anything in between, anything between these boundary markers belongs to me. And if they saw something on the other side of that, that God gave them, they would move that thing even further. Well, God gave me that too. I'm going to go get it. Uh -huh. 
God, give me deliverance. I'm going to go get it. God delivered me from depression. He gave me peace. I'm going to go get it. God delivered me from anxiety. I'm going to go get it. You can stand in one spot all you want, but you'll never possess anything when you're standing in one spot. You'll never possess one promise of God if you're not walking. Your feet have to stand on your promise. Sometimes you got to go stand on somebody else's promise to give them faith. You have to have faith for them. They might not be able to walk. They might be hurting so bad and grieving so bad they can't possess. <clears throat> we got to possess what's ours. You know, I like that story about David. David said, I want to drink of water from that well in Bethlehem. He didn't go possess it. But his men said, we'll go possess it. Sometimes you've got to fight through a lot of demons for someone else. You have to fight. We're in a battle right now for Sister Erica. We're in a battle. We're going to get to the well. We're going to bring her a drink of water. You might have to kill a lot of demons on the way, Brother Jimmy. You're going to have to slay a lot of demons. Don't ever think that that fight for her is not yours. We're all part of the bride. We are one body. And we're fighting together. I like, I like Caleb in the Bible. Numbers 13, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast. And Caleb stilled the people before God and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But when the men went up with him, we be not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. The men were looking at the doctor's report. The men were looking at the trial. They were looking at the test. They were looking at the mountain and everything was on it. Caleb was looking at the promise. God said he could have it. You can't, you can't, you, you can't just, God, when God gives you a mountain, he ain't going to say, well, the mountains, I cleared it out off for you already. There's nothing on it. And there's no, no enemies on the mountain. All you got to do is go up there and build your house and live peacefully for the rest of your life. God gives you possession now. He tells you to go get it. You might have to fight for it. Does it belong to you? Absolutely it does. Because God said it does. Is Satan going to let you have it? More than likely not. So you're going to have to fight him. Every inch of that mountain, you're going to have to fight. You know, probably eight, nine, ten years ago, I did this sermon, um, Climbing the Right Mountains. Sometimes that ain't speaking the mountain. Sometimes God puts that mountain there not so much as you can speak and have it removed and cast into the sea. Sometimes he puts it there so you'll climb it. How are you going to get stronger as a Christian if you're not fighting? How are you going to get stronger as a Christian if you're, not, if you're not climbing? If you're not possessing the things that God's put in your life and says, this is yours. Go get it. That's what he told Caleb. This mountain's yours. Go get it. Had Amalekites on it, Jebusites, Amorites. Some of the, the, the worst enemies in Canaan were on Caleb's mountain. 
Caleb says, I'm more than able. More than able. Let me have it. He was excited to go. He wanted to show them people on that mountain, this is mine. You can't have it. Not only am I going to move you off this mountain, I'm going to move you off in a dead body. I'm going to kill you. I'm not going to leave you up here. And I'm not going to let you move to the foot of my mountain. I'm not going to let you move on the, on the least side of my mountain. The entire thing belongs to me. And there will, there'll not be one live Amalekite on it. There'll not be one live Amorite on it. There'll be no doubt on it. There'll be no, no fear, no worry on it. There'll be no cancer on it. There'll be no besetting sins on it. There'll be no lust on it, no pornography on it. I'm going to clean it off because God gave it to me. But Bram said, question answered 59. Before there was a world, you were in God's thoughts to give you the Holy Ghost because he knew you'd be wanting it. God knew you'd want it. Before you knew you'd want it, God knew you'd want it. And he chose you himself because you desired. He chose you in Christ before you or Jesus, any of you was on the earth. He sent Jesus to die to prepare the way to send the Holy Ghost. He knew you'd want the Holy Ghost. He knew you'd want something to be able to fight with. He knew you would have a desire. And the prophet said he killed Jesus to make a way so you can have it. Does that ever hit us? There's one place he said he murdered his own son. Why? So you could have everything he had. So you could possess everything that he possessed. I'm going to move quickly here. Are we fighting for our kids? Are we fighting for our loved ones? When you get down to pray for your loved ones or your needs or whatever it is, does Satan recognize you? If you possess everything God does, Satan knows who you are. If you don't, if you don't, you're, you're in a tough battle. Because if you don't possess what he gave you, if you haven't taken possession of that yet, you're fighting on your own. If you don't possess what he gave you in here, you're fighting on your own. You know, look at the sons of Stephen in the Bible. They went to go cast out devils. What them devils t- tell them? We know Peter, we know Paul, we know Jesus. Who are you? Who are you? When you get down on your knees to pray, do they run back to hell and say, oh no. Brother Jimmy's back on his knees. What are we going to do? You should live so close to God, be so one with what you possess, that when you get on your knees, all hell is totally confused. They have no clue what to do. Because they're looking at the possession that you have in here. They're looking at the power that you have in here. They ain't looking at your flesh. When God took His abode in here, when you get down to pray and it's God speaking, that's all Satan sees. It's God speaking. That's all he hears. 
He cannot stand against the name. It's in that name by all men are saved. And it's in that name that He placed the Holy Ghost in you. That's what lives in you. That's what fights your battles. That's what you possess that gives you everything that God, that God has. And when you get on your knees to pray, you might be driving down the road, you might whisper a little prayer. All hell trembles. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me have a good day. Lord, you might be an 11-year-old kid. Lord, help me on this math test. Heaven trem- uh, hell trembles. Hell trembles. It, it's not the vessel. It's what's in the vessel that hell sees Amen. when you speak. Amen. It's the power in here that moves cancer. It's not the power in this. This is still going to doubt. And this is going to worry. We're going to hear a bad report. And you're going to, it's just going to move you to sadness, to fear, to doubt, to worry. But when you possess that Holy Ghost, and that fear and that doubt and worry forces you on your knees, you can have fear and doubt and worry. You might ought to have a chain around their neck and say, Yo, I'm going to use you. You're going to make me doubt. You're going to force me on my knees and I'm going to call out to God. You can't help human nature. That's why this body is not going. This flesh is going to turn to dust. You know, it's like I was saying last time about your theophany. You know, when Brother Branham, Brother Branham said, whenever you heard that this word was eagle food, you heard from your theophany. And whenever you die and go by the way of the grave and your theophany comes by and speaks, Brother Bram said he, your theophany will know exactly where you're buried and will call you from the grave. That's not the only two times your theophany is speaking to you. That ain't the only times that your theophany is speaking to you. Your theophany is telling you you're healed. Your theophany is telling you you are delivered. You can listen to what this mind says all the time. You can listen to what, what the doctors report, what your financial bank statements. You can look at the, the, the mugshot of your kid because he got arrested for drugs again. You can look at that. But your theophany is telling you you can possess everything that God gave you. Amen. You don't have to, to live in fear, have to live in doubt. Don't wait for your theophany to tell you one time this is eagle food. Don't wait for him to tell you to come out of the grave. He's talking to you right now. She's talking to you right now. Healing is yours. Deliverance is yours. Everything that God has, every promise. Brother Bram said, I got to go through the Bible. Pick up the Bible sometime and go through it. Look at the promises. Go look them up. Every single promise that is for the bride is yours. <clears throat> we need to get to the place where we, when we hear bad reports, it doesn't mean nothing to us. It doesn't mean nothing. God's promise always holds true. Always holds true. Why, you know, why are we not sometimes seeing how God, how God sees us? Brother Bram said in Hebrews chapter 6, it's got to be something happened by a birth which comes from God and God brings the new birth into you 
and gives you a part of himself. Then these things are, you are a new creation. I give unto them eternal. We went through the word eternal. Forever is a space of time. Eternity is forever, forever, and forever. There's only one eternity. We find out that you receive eternal life. The word in the Greek is Zoe, which means God's life. And you receive part of God's life, which makes you a spiritual son of God. You're just as everlasting as God is everlasting. You have no end, no place to stop, because you had no place to begin. You began, you were an eternal thought of God before this body ever came on the earth. You were an eternal thought of God. You, are, you will be with God in, through eternity. You have no beginning and no ending. Abraham's seed. You're heir to it, heir of salvation, heir of divine healing, heir of every redemptive blessing Jesus died for. You are the heir to it. For you are Abraham's seed. You are the heir of the whole thing. He says, I feel religious knowing I'm an heir. You may think I'm just a little crazy, but if I am, just leave me alone. I'm more happier this way than I was the other way. I like this way the best. But I know that I'm heir of salvation, heir of every promise. When you Pentecostals sing, uh, you sing every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line, then act like it. Act like it. If you said God delivered you, show the fruits. If you say you're a new person in Christ, bear the fruits. Act like it. One of the first things you can tell if somebody gets the Holy Ghost is their love for other people. Love for other people. You know, don't, don't uh, think that when you get the Holy Ghost you still can't stand certain people. Make sure you love everybody. Brother Bram said when God's faith, when God's faith drops in here, when he, that same quote when he said your faith will only go so far, God's faith drops in. So when you get that faith, he said it makes you love everybody. He didn't say you, you can have healing. That's where I thought he was going with it. Anything you want, you can have, but he didn't. He said it makes you love everybody. He says, then act like it. Walk around and see what, see what you got in here. It's all yours. You're heir to it. So walk around. Take possession. It belongs to you. God gave it to you. What a beautiful promise there. Let's stand together. You know, it, we still go back to the scripture in, in James 4. You were fighting in a battle. You know, so many times we, we try to take that battle on ourselves. And then we, we always recite that scripture. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But first it says submit yourself to God. You're not going to do much resisting until you've submitted yourself to God. And when you submit yourself to God, everything you need to resist the devil, God's given you. Everything you need for, for healing, for deliverance. Resisting the devil in your flesh, the Bible says he's a worthy, worthy adversary. He's a worthy adversary for this human flesh. But against God, he's no match. And if you and God have become one, there's no match. Amen. Let's bow our heads.
I jumped around a lot on here, but if, if you got anything out of what we spoke about this morning, you, you would say in your heart, Brother Joe, let me, I want a better revelation of what I possess. I want a better revelation of what belongs to me, and I, I want more strength to possess everything that God's given me. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a wonderful day to serve you. What a wonderful day to live for you. What a wonderful day to be one with you. Lord, I pray, Father, every hand that was raised. Lord, my hand is raised this morning. Lord, there's so many things that I know that maybe I need help recognizing that I possess, that I have need of. Lord, you said every prom, your prophet said every promise that's in there, God gave to you. We just have to go get it. We have to possess it. The will has already been, been read. Lord, if the will is read and you, you've tell, told us what we got, if we just stay home and don't go get it, we can't claim possession of it. But let us use steps in this word, Father, to possess everything that you've given us. Touch each heart here this morning each need. Lord, how we love you. We thank you, Father, that no matter what comes against us, Lord, we're living in an age when all hell has been opened on this bride. This bride is the main target of, of hell, Father. But you've given us so much to overcome the enemy. We're so grateful for that, Lord. Lord, help us to stand with one another. Help us to stand shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, Father. To fight each other's battles. Lord, to, to go to war for one another, as it were. When we see our brother or our sister in need, Lord, may we be, not just say, I'll go fight, may we be urgent. Lord, may we have a desire. As David's men did, Lord, it was their, their desire and their love for their king that sent them to that well where they fought through thousands of Philistines, Lord. May we have that urgency. As we said, Lord, the urgency of the four friends that lowered their, their friend down the roof and laid him at Jesus' feet. May we be like that. Lord, we can't be like that if we've got issues in our lives. We can't be like that, Lord, if we don't recognize what we possess. Lord, may we possess love one for the other. Your prophet said that's what's going to get us out of here is perfect love. Lord, I pray for Brother Donnie and Sister Carol, the family, Lord, right now. Is, Lord, they're, they're leaning on you with everything they got. They're trusting in you, Father. Lord, and I know that they believe you've given them a promise. Lord, we're, we're trusting in that with them. Touch each need here. Lord, we've got many mountains more to come. More mountains are coming, Father. We need strength. We need to either be able to speak to the mountain or move the mountain, or climb the mountain, Father. Bless your people here this morning, Father, how we love them so much, Lord, for being respectful and tentative to me, Lord. I thank you for that. Pray that you would bless them, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> we sing that song, um, Speak to the Mountain. It's time to move. We still know that one.
giants come calling my name. That one. Let's just worship him a minute. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? My God is much bigger than troubles I face. Why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Cause my God is so much better than all of these things. So I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. My God is is true so I speak to the mountains it's time to move cause my God is bigger better stronger greater than you my enemy scatters battle is done my God is stronger the victory's already won oh he died for my ransom and rose up on the third day cause my God is greater than death hell in the grave so I won't be shaken I won't be moved my God is faithful His promise is true so speak to the mountain it's time to move Cause my God is bigger, better, stronger, and greater than you So I won't be shaken I won't be moved My God is faithful is true so I speak to the mountains it's time to move cause my God is bigger better stronger he's greater than you well, so I won't be shaken I won't be moved My God is faithful His promise is true Speak to the mountains It's time to move 
My God is bigger, better, stronger, and greater than you. Oh, my enemies scatter, because they know the battle is done. My God is stronger, the victory's already won. Yes, He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. My God is greater than death, hell and the grave. So I won't be shaken I won't be moved God is faithful His promise is true So I speak to the mountains It's time to move Cause my God is better stronger and greater than you my enemies my enemies scatter they know the battle is done my God is stronger the victory's already Yes, He died for my ransom and rose up on the third day. Cause my God is greater than death, hell and the grave. So I won't be shaken, I won't be moved. My God is faithful His promise is true So I speak to the mountains It's time to move Cause my God is bigger better, stronger and greater than you We gotta sing that verse again my enemies scatter because they know the battle is done because oh, my God is stronger the victory's already won yes he died for my ransom and rose up on the third day My God is greater than death, hell and the grave. So I won't be shaken, I won't be moved. My God is faithful, His promise is true. Move. Cause my God is bigger, 
better, stronger, and greater than you. Well, so I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. My God is faithful. His promise is true. My God is bigger, better, stronger, and greater than you. Oh, so I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. My God is faithful. His promise is true. So I speak the mountains it's time to move my God is bigger better stronger and greater than you cause my God is bigger better stronger and greater than you Jesus 
Jesus is here. Oh, Jesus is here. All things are possible. Jesus is here. Amen. You appreciate the word of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. We want to, uh, Brother Bill, I want you to come back up here, Brother Bill Live, if you'll come back this morning. We're going to have a prayer. We're going to join hands as one, as one this morning. I want you to take somebody's hand around you. We're going to have a special prayer. Sister Erica has taken a turn for the worse. Uh, the family is at the hospital at this time with her. So we want to join in prayer today that God would, his perfect will be done. His perfect will. Pray for the family. Pray for Sister Erica that God would just give him peace. And He's got it all in control. He's got every bit of it in control. Brother Bill, we appreciate you. If you'd lead us in prayer today on behalf of this request, buddy. Bow our heads, our hearts together. Heavenly Father, as I stand here in prayer on behalf of a very special need, for this church and uh, for the ministry in this church and, and the family. Lord, we know that you're the author and the finisher of all things. We know that you set the boundaries of life when it starts and when it ends. We know that there comes a time that there's a blending of dimensions from one to the other, to a greater dimension than what this is that we live in now. But whatever the case is, Lord, you're completely in control. And we just pray that you'll be with the family right now. Erica, we pray that you'll be with her. No doubt, Lord, as the scriptures has taught us, that the angels of God are encamped around about them that fear you, that in that hospital room right now, while the family is gathered together, and maybe the doctors and the nurses are shaking their head, but Lord, the victory lies in you regardless. Regardless of what happens, victory lies in you. And so we look to you for that victory, Lord. And we thank you that uh, you have everything under control in this situation. Lord, the many prayers that has went up around the world for this need, Lord. And yet you're in complete control, and we thank you for it as we pray together as a group of people that love you and fear you. Oh, God, we ask your help, your blessings, and your peace. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Brother Aaron, you lead us in a song, and as you're dismissed this morning, remember service, Lord willing, Wednesday night. We'll just come back looking to see what the Lord would have for us. Be positive, be faithful, be true. I appreciate the word of the Lord this morning, don't you? It was good. It was good. Amen. As you're dismissed, let's sing with Brother Aaron this morning. God bless you. Out on the water, out on the water, 
storm rages high, the waters around them trouble their mind. With fear in their heart, they thought they would die. They failed to remember the Master was nigh. He spoke the words, the winds all stood still, even the waters, they obeyed His will. He calmed their storms, just like He will mine. If I just remember, He lives deep inside. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? When the very same Jesus stays always near, He lives in my heart and He hears when I cry. I call on His name till the storm passes by. I've read in the Bible how He walked with brought light to the darkness when the way grew so dim how great it would be to have his hands leading mine to walk with the master all the time when trials come and death seems so nigh Search for the Master, said it be there all time. So when I'm in trouble and my body's in pain, all I have to do is call on His name. Why should I worry? Why should I fear when the very same Jesus Days always. Till the storm passes by. Oh, why should I worry? Why should I fear? Days always Should I worry? Why should I fear when the very same Jesus stays? And he hears when I cry. Oh, why should I worry? Why should I fear when the very same Jesus stays always? 